good morning, my friends. It's your boy, Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary. I'm the host today. And I'm going to be taking you on a wonderful ride with our guest, Kimberly. She is, as you can see in the title, a teacher who was dreaming of travel and built her business. I started out as a side hustle, right? Now it's turned into a full-time career so she can do just that. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling in from? Big Rapids, Michigan. Wow. Are you, do you like Big Rapids? Oh, I love Big Rapids. It's a phenomenal little community. Yes. Okay. Well, do you like riding Big Rapids as well? Writing? Like riding. Riding. Big White Rapids? What oh, was... no. 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 Okay. Nope. Okay. I thought that that was maybe what the city was named after. Uh, Usually, I had a... yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're a logging okay. town. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, that's very different than where I'm calling in from, which is St. Petersburg, Florida, down here in the Sunshine State. Yeah. And um, uh, maybe that's one of your travel destinations. I'm sure you'll, uh, and I'd like to hear more about where you want to travel and what your desire and drive is behind starting all of this. Tell us how you initially found us and what were you looking for? You know, I was looking for a little extra income to travel. We're a military family. We're a retired military. We have a wonderful- Thank you for uh, your service, your absolutely. entire family. Yeah. we. Uh, I grew up in the Air Force. My dad was in the Air Force and I was in the Air Force. And now my husband is retired after 30 years active duty. Wow. Um, so we have a wonderful military pension. He is a public servant totally. So now he teaches sixth grade social studies. I teach math to middle schoolers. Mm. And so, you know- we do okay. We got a great retirement set up. We have, we do okay, but I love to travel and we have kids all over the United States, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Washington, DC, and now Denver. And so all summer long, that's what we do is travel and spring break. Cause you know, we live in Michigan, so it's a little, it's mm. a little gray here. We like to go get warm. Um, so I just wanted to not draw funds away from retirement and all those other things and just bring in something on the side. Plus, my youngest left for college, and all of a sudden, I had a little extra time on my hands. Mm. 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 Nice, yeah, yeah. Well, um, did did it started out as the desire to have a side hustle? Are you seeing this turning into a potential second or even third career for you in, I, in these yes. years? Yes, I do. I, uh, I, you know, I, and what's really great is I love it. I enjoy it. I did not. I don't feel like I'm creative. I, I'm very mathematical. I'm very linear thinker. I don't feel like mm. I'm creative, but this is like pulling out of creative side of me that I am so enjoying that in a year or two, when we retire from teaching, hopefully one, maybe two, um, this is what I will continue to do to fund all of the fun things that we like to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. I, I'm, I'm going to be touching on that here now that you've said that here in a few moments. First, the creative side and what it was like for you. But first, tell us, you know, as a teacher, okay, what was it like finding our curriculum, going through our education here? Talk to us about your experience and how it measures up, I guess, for lack of better terms, to some of the things that you've experienced as a teacher yourself or are out there in our education system. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I don't know another word for it. Just the way it's laid out, um, 
you know, the, the module by module by module and being able to follow it step by step, because honestly, I'm not a spring chicken. And so coming on to, you know, uh, the internet and trying all these different new apps and different programs, and it could be a little intimidating, but the way that it is laid out and, and how it is step by step, it did not become intimidating at all. And I was able to follow it perfectly. It was so it's well done. Mm, that's always good to hear great feedback from a teacher. We've I've been surprised personally because, you know, <laughs> we can create echo chambers for ourselves to where we're only getting people who love our stuff to say, um, you know, uh, or people who have limited experience, for example. But over the past couple of years since the pandemic, we've had people coming into our community from all different walks of life, all different careers. It's not mm -hmm. just habitual MLMers or biz op seekers or only online marketers or people who had previous affiliate marketing experience. It's it is teachers. It is military vets. It is doctors, lawyers, plumbers, um, stay at home moms. Uh, it, it, you know, in many of these stay at home moms are not just stay at home moms, by the way. They have lots of knowledge of experience, had previous careers and tons to contribute from their past experience and to kind of compare what we're doing with that. And so, um, you know, thanks for, for sharing that. That should be encouraging for people who are just coming through to know that, you know, even though I'm a ninth grade dropout and we're not uh, a university, that we're still going to deliver the education that you need and not what you so much what you don't need. We try to keep the fluff out and try to keep it focused. What would you say about the power of the community here and and the value of being able to find other people to connect with, to model your marketing after, to share your struggles with and to and to find additional support? What's that been like for you? Um, it especially. I'm not very good at reaching out and asking for help. However, relatable. <laughs> it's not who I am. Um, however, being able to follow along on their journeys, either through um, you know, either through social media or through the community online, um, has been unbelievably helpful to me. You know, like I, like I said, I'm not creative, so to be able to see somebody do something and then twist it to my own way and use it is really amazing. And then the encouragement as well is really, really helpful. Yeah, you've said that now twice. The mm -hmm. I'm not creative thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna smack your wrist there with a ruler like an old school teacher would or whatever. But I'm curious about why you say that and how that's changing now. It definitely is changing now because I, I, I think it's probably a label I gave myself early on because I don't. Okay, funny story. When I first went to college right out of high school, I wanted to be, it was in Illinois, that's where my roots are, and I wanted to be a buyer for Marshall Fields in Chicago. That was my goal. So I wanted to go to college to learn fashion merchandising. What I did not know is fashion merchandising is art. And they told me that you probably shouldn't do this because you're not very creative. So I think that, yes, yes, exactly. So I think that has stuck with day, me. Day four of the challenge. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. where we start to begin to talk about this idea of limiting beliefs being yes. seeded, planted yes. at an early age, in some yes. cases around that. Uh, but I could still consider an early age in those formative 18 to 24 where our brains are still developing mm -hmm. okay Very informative yes and and yeah 
wow, what great awareness for you to have noticed that and, mm -hmm. and now be able to give yourself the power of choice Yes. Uh, to open up and, and be creative or right. find that creative yeah. side. Right. And use all the tools. That's what's so great now in this era is there's so many tools where I might not be able to come up with an idea on my own, but there's so many tools out there, um, you know, Canva, ChatGPT, all of those things. And then you take somebody's idea and you just twist it so it reflects your personality and go with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The power of modeling and the power of using yeah. these tools is um, it's unparalleled. And uh, creativity can be slowly developed within our community anyways, by yes. coming in and beginning to understand and be exposed to these concepts of making money online in the ways that we teach, but then also having all of these different older siblings, if you will, yes. right? Yes. Because, because as a young child with siblings, you're looking at those older kids and you're modeling what they're doing. Many of you who had brothers and sisters or who have children know that, know what I'm talking about. I was an only child, but I have three children. So I see how my youngest son wants to model my seven-year-old. And so we get to do that here inside of this community where, where there's lots of examples, lots of different people who are breaking the molds, right? Who are breaking their own limiting beliefs. So you've said uh, the creativity or I'm not creative, which is still a lingering limiting belief that sure. you're clearly working through. And I appreciate the honesty and the vulnerability. What else is a li limiting belief or what else was something that you came into this with that is slowly or was quickly being shattered? I, I think, um, believe it or not, I think an age factor is in that. I mean, I'm almost 57 years old. It's not like this. It's funny. We our our children, our, our, our grandchildren, they're all natives to the internet. We're not natives. This is, this is a learned behavior for us. And so it could be intimidating. Now, in all transparency, I've been on the internet for a while because I do also do a direct sales and MLM. Again, I love that for the community and for the products, but it made me start to be online, start to, you know, kind of figure out some of these programs and products and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, pushed you out of your comfort zone a little Absolutely. bit. Yeah. What's it been like with your military husband to, <laughs> you know, do this, these entrepreneurial ventures and, of course, um, present uh, yet another one, it sounds like. This is not your first and only right. opportunity or, right. or course or business um, stream of income, whatever you want to call it. What's it been like um, introducing those ideas to him in 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 in, in marketing for his support? He would support me no matter what. He's very, very supportive. Um, he does, he is not, he is not computer savvy. He is not technologically, he does not love technology. If he could have um, a, a rotary phone or <laughs> a flip phone, he'd be quite happy. He does not love technology. So, you know, what I had to do is explain to him why, why, why I'm on my phone all the time. You know, why am I picking this up and do it because I'm working? That was a, that was an interesting um, hump to get over for, for us because yeah. for him, that's a time stealer. Sure. And, and so when I, I had to, I really had to explain 
not explain myself, but explain what I was doing and why, why that it wasn't just wasting time that I was actually working towards something. And of course he's my biggest supporter. So he's out now shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> and we can, as entrepreneurs who are very passionate about what we're doing, we take things personally. We can oftentimes get defensive when oh. a spouse, you know, is maybe critiquing or criticizing or questioning how did you stay calm? How did you not get defensive or how did you overcome the feelings of defensiveness? And then how, how, what tips do you have to present? Talk us through that experience of, of tempering those feelings of defensiveness and, and actually, you know, being able to kind of, um, support him in a way, because by taking the time to explain, et cetera, you are supporting your spouse where a lot of us, again, have the tendency to feel defensive in like we're not being supported. How, how did you overcome those feelings of defensiveness or, or work through those? By talking, really. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. Just explaining what I was doing. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a reactionary, honestly, a lot of the time. So that has been something else that I've really worked on in the last few years was, was really learning to listen to hear what the other person is saying, not listen to form my defense, right? Mm. And so by doing that, I could hear that he was thinking time stealer, time stealer, because he's very much a time person. You know, those five love languages, right? Quality time, he's time baby. Yeah, he's a time person. And so seeing that, and so by explaining to him, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Um, mm. This is how you can support me. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I, of course, when a spouse is, you know, questioning and, 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 you know, what they're really doing is they're afraid of losing you. Right. Right. And right. so it's, it's, they, they love you. They're afraid of losing you. Um, they're afraid of you slipping away. They're afraid. I mean, it all boils down to fear. Right. I can't speak sure. for your husband, sure. but we're, we're all, when we're, when we're, uh, you know, we operate on, on fear a lot of times. And in some ways it's survival mechanism and it's not always bad, my friends. Right. Um, if I'm concerned, if I'm afraid that I'm losing my husband or wife to something that may not be good for her or him, then I'm going to put, apply a little pressure. I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to seem like I I'm going to play the devil's advocate. I'm going to do all these things. Right. And, and, um, man, that can really feel like an attack uh, on our business, on our passions, on our dreams. And we say, but I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this so we can travel. And then it it turns, it can spiral. And yes. especially if we're reactionary, and I can absolutely relate to that. You know, when somebody's criticizing, building that defense already in my head before I'm even respond, before I've even started talking and, and, and instead learning to, like you said, so powerful, listen and really try to identify wh where they're coming from. Why are they bringing up these concerns? Oh, they don't want to lose me. Um, they, they, don't, they don't want something to steal my time that might not be good for me. So as you've, um, as you've stayed steadfast in your explanations and your patience, he's now, you say, your biggest supporter? Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing that I did is I actually schedule times. 
I mean, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm in the, in the classroom. I'm in the community. I, I've, I'm a busy person. And of course we know that the busiest people are the ones who get the most done. Right. Mm. Um, but I schedule times to be online. I schedule times. I don't just sit and scroll on my phone, scrolling total time stealer. But mm. so I will schedule times daily of when I will be online and doing the work that I need to do. Talk to us about that. I, I mean, for t I mean, talk, you're talking to a guy who doesn't, you know, who who's it took years to schedule things and to embrace yeah. the idea of things actually being on my calendar, being reoccurring events, um, from you know, therapy to working out to um, yeah. to um, um, uh, you know, social socialization. Right. scheduling all of that it, it took you know it took me a lot of pain a lot of um uh not mm -hmm. feeling like i was doing the things that i wanted to do um and it wasn't particularly work work always dominated kind of my because when i started at around 25 26 i was so poor i couldn't afford to pay attention and had a lot of the same desires that many of all of us have which is okay i want to make something of myself so i just worked 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 all the time and actually um, didn't do a lot of the personal things, even within relationship, right? But also with other relationships that I, I now enjoy and now get done because they, they are scheduled. So talk to us about your day. I mean, how do you block time? When do you do it? Talk to us a little bit about what a day in the life of Kimberly looks like. Well, it depends. There's school year and there's summer. Okay. Right. Summer, I'm off all the time. Um, school year, I get up a half hour early. I go directly into my computer. After I get out of the shower, I go directly into my computer with my cup of coffee. I have 30 minutes that I block off to either to do a post, to answer emails. You know, and it's very specific. I, I'm a list maker, so I have it written down. These are the things that I'm going to do. Um, 30 minutes in the morning. I come home every day for lunch. That's my choice. I don't have to. I do because I have an hour. You know, with commute time, I have a half hour. So while I'm eating, I do another half hour worth of work. And then after school, usually between four and it depends. If I go to the gym, then I do it on while I'm, you know, on the treadmill or whatever or on the elliptical. Then I'm doing what I'm doing on there. That's another hour of block time. So that's two hours of block time a day. Um, if I'm out walking, then I'm listening with my earbuds to some type of training. That's during the school year. Summer is totally relaxed. I get up, I enjoy my cup of coffee, I go to my computer, I do that morning. I still do the morning stuff and I still have a list of everything that I do in a day. Like the, the not just the business things I want to accomplish, but also like remember to take your vitamins because life is crazy. And, and the other thing is if you, if you, it's habit stacking. If you do something at the same time combined with another habit, you won't forget it. So for instance, this is really silly, but when I finish my second cup of coffee, I take my vitamins because mm. I do two cups of coffee every single morning. So when I get to that second cup of coffee, I take my vitamins, mm. you know, just silly things like that, but it sticks. Yeah. I mean, to, to, you just, you just gave several examples of habit stacking, working out and, and doing right. something, walking and, and listening to something. Right. Um, th there's, there's a lot of ways to habit stack and to, use a certain activity uh as a as a reminder as a 
um, entry point to start another activity. So I would assume that let's go back to your school year schedule because that's the busier one. And that's the one that I think a lot of our working people, even if there are stay at home moms, that's the hardest job in the world you know, chasing around little ones all day and taking care of them. And some of them are teaching them and some of them are, um, I mean, trust me, uh, I've got a two-year-old and, and so I, I, I know exactly what that looks like. Um, so you named out a half hour in the morning, a half hour at lunch, let's say an hour at the gym. Um, let's just call it a half hour at the gym and let's yeah. call it a half hour of walking and listening. You just named out two hours, 25% of that was learning. So you had 75% of taking action there. And if you never did anything else for the rest of the day, say the rest of the day was dedicated to family, to, to uh, husband time, um, you've, you've gotten an hour and a half of work and, tw- and, an, and a half hour of, of, of learning, um, that that by the time you get to five, six, seven o'clock, whatever, and you're having dinner, do you feel accomplished enough that you can put it down and then spend that time that your husband, you know, that he wants and you want to, do you feel accomplished enough to be able to set it down and then focus on family time? I do. Absolutely. I do. And that usually after dinner, I don't know if it's like how I was raised or whatever, but after dinner, I'm done. Are you? <laughs> I Yeah, I'm done. My my uh, biggest energy spurt is in the morning. And so that's why I get up a half hour early. And I, I don't like getting up a half hour early, but I do it because I know that's when I'm the most productive. Mm. Yeah, after dinner, I'm Yeah, done. so you're not even scrolling after dinner. You're not, you're not in, mm-hmm. in a scroll you know, whether it be just scrolling casually or as our guest yesterday or the day before said, a in a scroll hole. Um, <laughs> right. You're no. that, I mean, you're really trying to create some separation and boundaries yeah. after dinner time, yes. dinner time and after. Yep. From yep. work. Yeah, I am. And I also go to bed really early. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, what have you, what have you discovered about having that personal time at night to be able to create separation from your devices and getting a good night's sleep. How have you discovered that that's been beneficial to your productivity and your success? Cause you're obviously a successful and accomplished woman, military teacher, and now successful at this. How have that nighttime routine played a, a role in your success? Well, I, th- I think sleep, sleep is, is so important and we just don't give it enough. I got a dog here, but oh, come on. Um, we don't give it enough credit, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. Um, and I've realized that about myself. If I don't get it, I'm, I'm either either not productive or I'm cranky. And I don't like to be either one of those things. So mm. I have made it an absolute must that I need to be in. Obviously, life gets in the way sometimes. But for the most part, 9 o'clock, I'm in bed. I might not be sleeping. I might be reading. I might be watching a TV show, something to like take my brain down but or reading. But by nine o'clock and by 10 o'clock, I am usually by nine 30, I'm snoozing and right. I get up at five. So nine to five. I mean, that's a good eight hours of sleep. That's a great eight hours of sleep. That is great. And I, I, yeah, I'm a good sleeper. So that's, but also you have to do all those things that go along with sleep. You know, you don't drink alcohol before you go to bed. Don't, you know, drink caffeine before you go to bed, exercise during the day, all those things. And that really sets the tone mentally and physically for my, for my next day, for sure. I feel like in a way I missed out on some of that discipline development by not doing something like the military. 
right. um, how could somebody who had, didn't have that training develop some of these great habits that you have? Read. I mean, really read some of the books like the, the 10 times the atomic habits. That's a good one. Um, I don't even remember where the habit step ha habit stacker one comes in. It might come from that one. I'm not I sure. But read books on that. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah. And that it's funny. I, I say that I am not a self-help book reader. I have, I either have to listen to it because I get bored. Mm. I'm going to be honest. Boring. It can be boring. You're right. It can and there's be. There's such good little information in there that, so if I do it, I, I do it on audio books, but one, one thing that's been helpful for me for some of these kind of drier personal development books, um, they are exciting when you first read one. Like for example, we, we recommend people read, you know, rich dad, poor dad. And you know, if you've not been exposed to, any information like that before it's almost like the whole world opens up to you right. but if you've been doing the mlms and the different personal development stuff for years it can almost sound a lot of times like it's just the same thing coming from a different guru um so i found that you know reading the cliff notes of some of these yeah, books is a yeah. great way to at least get my foot in the door if i'm looking to try to um you know get some of that information from a book and there's tons of or cliff notes there's tons of cliff note apps out there um, that can give you the, um, you know, the, the, the at least bullet points of what's kind of covered in some of these books. If you find it difficult to get through the entire thing yeah. um, that, that, that was helpful for me. So let's talk about your creativity. How did you, how did you decide on a niche? How did you decide what you wanted to um, who you wanted, what audience you wanted to um, uh, target and, and, and help and serve, and the things that you wanted to talk about, at least first and foremost here in the early part of this phase of your career? I think going through my life and realizing that one of the, I always call them portable careers, one of the things that was very difficult as a military spouse, I, I because, because of where my husband was, it was a little bit different. My my goal when I went to a new base was to find a need and fill a need. And who knows what that would be. Sometimes it was teaching. Sometimes it was helping, air, whatever. But younger spouses, especially, because you move every couple of years, it is so hard to have a career. It's so hard to have a job because you change constantly. You're always mm -hmm. having to find a new job. Mm -hmm. And so trying to we used to call them portable careers. You could be a teacher, you could be um, a nurse could go with you. You know, there was a couple that could go with you, but you know, from place to place, but finding this and realizing that when you have the power of something online and not having to show up at a, at a um, brick and mortar place every single day, that the power of that is amazing. And it might not be a military spouse that moves every day. It might be a stay at home mom. It might be a mom who has a disabled child who absolutely cannot work outside the home. I mean, that's like, wow. So I really am compelled to share this with people who need to work from their home for whatever reason. Yeah. Probably, especially women. Um, mostly because, not that I wouldn't market to men, but sure. mostly because something that we find, my husband and I find very important is to not put ourselves in situations where anything could be misconstrued. And so I don't have a lot of, one-on-one -on -one conversations necessary with, with men. I don't know. You know I what I mean? So I tend to market towards women for that reason, but so that's kind of where I, my niche and where I went to it at. 
Understood. Understood. Um, that's that's really interesting that you that you you said the ability to be able to work from home, have that flexibility. You gave the example of a, of a, a mother uh, with a disabled child. And yeah, wow. I mean, it's like there's some of us who who want something and we want to have that flexibility and freedom. And then you think about the people who need it, yes. right? It's like they yeah. have literally no, what if they're disabled and it's right. difficult for them to leave yeah. the house or yeah. to get hired um, uh, at a, at a, in, in do, you know, executed a, a physical job or a job that requires even some people who have injuries, uh, young or old who have right. injuries and right. have, have, have at a later time become disabled in some way. Um, I remember a guy named Ollie, I'll never forget him. He was blind. This was many, many years ago. And he had figured out uh, you know, the, what he needed in order to, to, to market online. Yeah. He, he even mm -hmm. got him. I met him at an event. He got himself, <laughs> not that, not that he, it's a surprise that he got around. Right. Um, he was an expert at getting around actually way more than the rest of us. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but I've seen so many people over the years, oh, you know, use these skills, use these strategies, use these business models to give themselves the freedom and flexibility that they either want, or as you pointed out, that they need, mm -hmm. um, that regular society doesn't particularly, you know, set us up for. Um, as, a, as a teacher, you know that as much as anything, there's a lacking of entrepreneurial sort of um, perspective, I guess, in yes. most classrooms. Yes. Um, how, do you do you include that in your content? Do you, I mean, I would think that it's a powerful perspective or point that you make that I'm a teacher and, and, and I'm telling you that aside from the things you learn in the classroom, your, your math, your social studies, your science, all important English, mm -hmm. you must also be aware that the majority of the people who work, who are masters at math and science work for somebody who became a master at entrepreneurship. That's right. Right. Is that a, is that a talking point for you? And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, you know, I, um, I teach middle school, so they're pretty young, but yeah. they, they will say things like, how can you go to Florida again, Mrs. Brecca? How can you? <laughs> and I say, because I work really hard and this is what I do. And you know, I don't get into details cause they're little, but just kind of planting that seed of, of, you know what? And you might, you might have a nine to five, you might be a, a teacher, but there's things you can do to supplement, to, to do the things you want to do that you're never going to do on a teacher's salary. Well, a lot of us, I think, have realized that it, you almost need a side hustle in today's economy to be able to afford it. What comes up for you when I say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The price of groceries and, you know, we're just two in our household and everybody come, all our kids come home it's astronomical to go to the grocery store. It is crazy how much things cost. And, and you know, as well as I know, it's not just groceries, it's your car broke down. It's your, your roof needs to be replaced. It's a dog has to go to the vet. It's constant. Yeah. <laughs> we have a dog who had, this is actually when I started doing direct sales, we had a dog who had cancer really, really super young. He's fine. He's four and a half now, but it was a $10,000 bill. And, uh, <laughs> crazy 
not to one up you. I'm not. That's not at all what I'm trying to do here. I, I want to just point that out. That's that's that can be devastating. Yes. Because your because your pet is just like a child in most Especially cases. Especially when your children leave and they're the only ones totally. at home. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm watching my aunt and uncle go through that. They lost yeah. one of their dogs, and now they have one that that is 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 having some health issues, and it's it's yeah. so difficult. It's yeah. so difficult, and of course. There's nothing that they wouldn't pay. Absolutely nothing that they wouldn't pay to help that dog. My father, as I shared, as I was going through it, um, had a um, an AFib, mm -hmm. sort of like a heart attack, and had to have. Thankfully, was given the opportunity to have open heart surgery and didn't just uh, pass away at, during the event itself. Right. But uh, after 77 days in two hospitals, we got a bill from one of them that was about a little over half, maybe two thirds of the time. That was one point seven million dollars. Wow. Now, he's a vet. Um, yeah. So thankfully, and yeah. I was so, so happy and felt so happy for him that his service that he put in. Although it was four years, it wasn't a full career, still afforded in, in him the ability to be able to get that and not leave with a huge hospital bill. Yes. But I'll tell you what, um, most families, most people are one medical emergency away from total financial destruction. Yes. And we don't talk about that enough. We don't prepare for that. The reason why I say we don't talk about that, it's not to dwell on it. It's just to make a plan to say, look, I am getting older. I am no doubt going to have health issues. We all do. Guess yes. what? None of us gets out of here alive. I'm telling exactly. you. I'm telling you. Not a single one of us gets nope. out of here alive. We nope. all, are, our time comes to an end at some point. And there's going to be some bumps along that road. Not everybody just um, lives healthy until they pass away peacefully in their sleep, right? We all hope for that, hope for that for our loved ones. But the truth is there's a lot of bumps along the way. And guess what? Most of the time we don't hear about that because people, especially, for example, on social media, but social media is a reflection of society. We don't really talk about that because it, it's vulnerable, Right. When we're right. going through a health challenge like that, we are vulnerable. I watched my father. It was one of the reasons why I didn't really put things out too much because he was vulnerable. He was unconscious a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. And he was at his weakest, most vulnerable time. And he's now just getting back on his feet. He's now just yeah. it's going to take him till the end of the year to rehab if everything goes well back to the person that he was before. That'll be damn near, damn near a year Right. Of getting back to just baseline. Right. So yeah. we're talking about vulnerability to the max yes. vulnerability like like we've never experienced before. And when I say we, I'm just talking about us as humans, as right. we get older and go through those things. And again, we don't talk about them. We There's no. It's like this: the entrepreneurial um, lessons and the the critical thinking skills that entrepreneurs require that we may not, some of us didn't get in in the school system, right. unless we had great teachers like yourself uh, and and some of the other awesome teachers in our community. But preparing for medical um, tragedies, preparing for medical emergencies, pre preparing for those sort of things that could absolutely wipe us out, are something that needs to
to be part of the conversation that we have with ourselves, our spouses, and, and, and it would behoove all of us to have a plan in place to be able to handle that when it shows up instead of just burying our head in the sand and acting like it's never going to happen to us. What comes up for you when I talk about the medical piece, besides, of course, your dog, but just being a human being and knowing that these are a part of life and you know you do have a plan in place now that you're building towards, of course, travel. And that's what you want to do. That's right. how you want to spend your money. Right. Right. And if you had to pay 20%, now you're a vet, so you'd cover, but if you had to, say you had a 20% um, copay or whatever, and you had to spend that money right. on a medical emergency. Talk to us about your thinking behind having the funds and the resources available, of course, for travel first, but for no matter what life throws at you. Oh, it's absolutely a, um, it's a safety net. And not only that, not only the medical bill, that's bad enough, but can you imagine not being in your working years and not being able to work and pull in a paycheck for an entire year? Yeah. You know, yes. because you can't go to that brick and mortar place. Yeah, that's why something like this goes right back to what I was saying. Something online, something portable, something you can do from your if you're in your laid up in your bed. Yeah, I know. I I was just at a recovery meeting the other day and and heard one of my dear friends who's a plumber who's having issues with his knees and having issues with his with his with his body. He's just getting older and he's been he's worked hard his whole life. And, and, and afraid to not work, right? Can't not work. And was talking about the fears and was talking about the, you know, what was coming up for him as he was sitting at home, not able to go to work for three or four days, even and thinking about the bills piling up. Right. Right. Sad, scary. No, it is sad and scary. It is. Let's talk about, um, on a more positive note, your aspirations for traveling and what, how do you foresee that happening as far as you maybe potentially stopping doing teaching, taking this business on the road with you? How, how do you see that happening for you? I mean, I was just planting the seed of stopping teaching. I don't know that that's in the cards for you, but what is your plan and what, you know, in a perfect world and you're going to try your best to make what happen? In a perfect world, we'll retire after this next school year, um, continue to travel like we do now, but add to it, maybe spend the worst, start with a month, spend a month in Florida and see, I say Florida, some people choose Texas, some people chose, I like Florida, I like the weather, I like the, we, we tend to be up in the panhandle most of the time, but. Yeah, 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 Destin, yeah, yeah, we, it's funny, we, for about 20 years, we went to Destin, took our kids every spring break, went back in the summer, and then it it's just has gotten more crowded. We've got, you know, they have an Air Force base there, so we we, okay. we have a lot of friends there. But um, we actually moved down the coast. It's a little bit quieter, and I won't tell you where it is, so nobody hears because <laughs> nobody goes there right now. <laughs> but um, you know, and even now when I travel, I just said my daughter lives in DC. I was just at her house for a week. Um, dog sitting for her and I just brought my all I have to do is bring my laptop use her wi-fi I can work while I'm there yeah I don't I mean it's not because it's really not work it's not like I'm going out digging ditches or god bless those who do but it's not like you know I'm doing surgery it's it's something I can do I can do it online at the beach which is (laughs) the beach is my favorite place so that's it I just 
you know, you can sit down there. Although where I go now in Florida, there's not a lot of reception on the beach, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll get it'll get better. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll get better. But yeah, uh, I can take it with me. And whether you know, we're going out to Denver. In uh, one of our our youngest lives in Denver. He just took a job with a dream job. He was a, he was a college baseball player. Um, ended up being recruited by MLB, the Major League Baseball corporation to work in one of their divisions his dream job he is just absolutely beside himself thrilled yeah so we're going to go out there and spend a week out there but again uh you know i'll probably keep the same routine do the same you know try and posting schedule and research and all those other things yeah it's been it's been weird for me to have sort of this lifestyle for the past 10 plus years in my thirties and late twenties when none of my personal local friends and right. even some of the friends that I have in different parts of the country, um, maybe they were my wife's friends. Maybe they're like, for example, a uh, month actually before. So it was probably a few months. I went out and visited one of my friends who's a cardiac surgeon. Well, he can't leave. Nope. Okay. He, he's got a contract with the hospital and you don't just take days off. You don't take weeks off. I mean, um, the biggest thing that I've heard him talk about over the years is actually finding help to, to come in other surgeons to work for him and, mm-hmm. and to fill the. But that's got to be its own struggle, because, again, you're ultimately responsible as that surgeon. But as I've traveled uh, d- different places to see different friends, um, for example, up in Seattle, I, uh, we, we used to go and travel and see my wife's best friend there for a week or so. Um, at least once a year. And, you know, they were both working for Amazon and for different companies up there. And they, in some cases, were able to work remotely, especially as the pandemic hit. But for the most part, they had to go into the office. I mean, they, 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 you know, we would come into town and it was almost more stressful for them because not only did they have their normal routine, but now all of a sudden they had guests mm-hmm. that they had to, and if they came to us, for example, they had to spend a lot of their time, one working, one with the kids, hanging out with us, going to the beach, right. et cetera, right? right? And, and here I have unlimited time, you know, right. total right. free time. If I yes. need to, I can, of course, take my phone to the beach. Um, uh, you know, if I yeah. need to bang out an email before we leave or something, I can certainly do that. But for the most part, I, I can get the majority of what I need to get done. And most of us can nowadays on our phones. Right. And, and it's been um, it's been great. You know, it's really been great. I, I, after a certain amount of time of doing this, you you almost look back and say, how did I me? I almost look back and, and think, how did I or would I have ever lived like that to where I was essentially chained to my city? Or came to my desk in a way, having to show up and and not uh, being able to sort of take that time off. So I hope that everybody can take your experience and my experience and and start to develop a sort of vision board for yourself of kind of what it might look like for you and how possibilities of going and visiting family and friends can open up, even if they don't have flexibility. And what I told my cardiac surgeon friend his name's Gan. I said, buddy, I said, um, you know, cause he was like, I'll come and visit you next. And I was like, brother, 
don't worry about that, man. I said, I'll come back out and see you because right now in my life, I have the flexibility to be able to do that. And I know, so, so it's almost a way for us to be great friends, great family members and, and, and make that time happen instead of saying things like, which are toxic, like, well, they don't ever come and see me and make an effort. It's like some, maybe they can't. Right. Like maybe legit, right. like we actually don't know what it's like to live inside of somebody else's life and work inside of their job and be in their home. And we get to sort of design our life in many of the ways that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now at the beginning of this journey? Of course, you've had more experience with sort of side hustles than just being doing affiliate marketing, but knowing what you know now, what sort of advice would you give yourself back in either the early days of starting this or the early days of your entrepreneurial career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's to take it seriously. Mm. To to <clears throat> to apply yourself seriously. To you know whether it's whether it's to make a list, whether it's to somehow hold yourself accountable because it's very, very easy to watch a training or watch a module or, or, or watch a course and then get really excited for about an hour or two and then go do the dishes and the laundry and go to work. And, mm -hmm. but if, you know, by, by holding yourself accountable constantly and I, and I didn't at the beginning either, you know, I'm going to post every day at noon. I'm going to post every day at seven or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm going to send out emails at this time or this time. And the other thing I think is early on, try and set up all of your things as much as you can automatically. There's a lot, you know, be it emails, be it, plan, you know, be it, be it batching your posts and sending them through a different company to be, you know, uploaded at a certain time, you know, be smart about it and be vigilant about it. Those are the two things. Wow. That is so, such good advice. Really it is because how many of us can relate to the not taking it seriously at mm -hmm. the beginning, whether that is because we don't think it can, I mean, it really all boils down to our belief in if it will work for us, you know, if we're good enough, if we can do it, if we're too old, if we're too young, yeah. you know, all of those things. I mean, you mentioned the age thing and I'm mentioning it too, because as mm -hmm. I get older, you know, that, that, that thought of, do I still got it creeps in? I don't care mm -hmm. who you are. It right. creeps in and to, I mean, there's no way to know unless you try and there's no way to evolve or improve your thinking without acting. Um, one of the things that I learned and I often say is that you can't think yourself into a new way of acting. You have to act yourself into a new way of thinking. It's just how it works. You, you, you know, I can't sit around and go, there's a Lamborghini in my drive. I mean, I can watch The Secret and The Law of Attraction and all this as yeah. much as I want, but I can't just sit here and go, I have a perfect marriage. I have a perfect marriage. Or there's a Lamborghini or there's no weeds. Or, you know, my lawn's cut. My <laughs> lawn is cut. It's beautiful. It's short and it's growing. And, and uh, I look out and it's still not cut, right? I have to go out there and, and act. And as I as I do it, if I go out there and I mow the grass, maybe I can't afford it right now and I, I, I'd i like to have somebody cut it, but I get out there and I do it and when I'm done, how do I feel? 
yeah, accomplish like you accomplished something. Yeah, and I and I realize it's not that hard. It's not exactly. that bad, exactly. right? It's it's yes. not it's not that bad, um, and and I can actually do it. And so, um, great advice. Thanks for the wonderful conversation this morning, Kimberly. Again, thank you and your husband for your service. You're the best yeah. of what America has to offer. Uh, we appreciate it, and stay legendary, my friend. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. All right, my friends, there you have it. Another great episode, another powerful conversation, and another great example of what's possible when you know you actually apply, you, you act yourself into a new way of thinking instead of sitting around thinking or future tripping uh, yourself into potentially, possibly, maybe a new way of acting or a new way of living. Um, I want to remind everybody as you're going through the challenge, um, absolutely. We're going, you know, the challenge has so much amazing information. It's sort of like an appetizer to introduce you to the idea of these core four business models that we, that we use and we teach. We, we use them here. It's not like we're teaching how to do, uh, Amazon drop shipping or whatever, but we're selling and making all of our money from selling courses. We actually eat our own cooking. It is how we, um, I'm going to let a little secret out. Um, well, maybe I'm not. It's how we've um, continued to uh, uh, be a, a company that's breaking records, that's getting achievements and in, 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 in lots of accolades. That's the clue um, from all over uh, in places that, that normal Internet marketing companies don't usually get them. It's because what we teach works. We use it. It's a great example of that. Um, we're on track to do $60 million in sales this year, right? I mean, as a company, think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second, right? Who, who would have thunk, right, that the education business, um, selling courses, selling coaching, doing events, even doing affiliate marketing, because many of our company income streams are from being affiliates of different tools in various things, right? I still do affiliate marketing as a marketer besides selling my own courses, coaching and events um, that you could have that type of success. And we teach the groundwork, the foundation for that in the challenge. And we will introduce the business blueprints to you throughout the challenge. If you're looking for more accountability, if you're looking for greater coaching, if you're looking for um, more support and you want a blueprint, a more in-depth blueprint for the core four business models that we teach, Something that we do inside of the Business Blueprints is we offer a workshop, and we actually offer it every two weeks, okay? It's called the Decade in a Day, and what we try to do is compress or, you know, compress time and deliver a decade's worth of our experience in one day, and what we do is each week we introduce a new product in a new niche to show you how to enter that niche and begin turning clicks into cash, Right? Building an audience, all of that clicks into cash is sort of the hypey way to say that. I'm a marketer, forgive me. But uh, it's not just a, we're not a one trick pony. Um, you know, so many people come into our community and think that we teach people how to be affiliates for legendary. We actually don't even solicit that or try to pressure anybody into doing that. Everybody from what I've heard becomes an affiliate because they had a great experience with our products and our programs. Um, we want to teach you transferable skills that if you want to use them to promote legendary or you want to work in the make money online niche, more power to you. 
But if you want to, like so many of our clients, go into different niches, niches that you have previous experience with, niches that you're passionate about and find products, we have blueprints, including pre-made, done-for-you fishing formula business plans um, that are available inside of the business blueprints once you enroll in that program. Um, so remember that there's a there's a there's a much bigger uh, perspective. There's there's when you step back and you really understand what's going on here, what we're teaching, how powerful this information and these skills are. It really does open up a world of possibilities for you that you may not have realized. Maybe you prejudged what we're doing here at Legendary because you, you, you heard somebody say something online or you're getting hit with a bunch of the same videos because that's what your algorithm is feeding you right now because that's all the videos that you're watching and searching for. Just remember, there's a whole big world and there's 8 billion people on this planet. That's more people than you and I can ever even comprehend. I mean, it's like... It's like trying to comprehend space and how, you know, big space is. There's 8 billion people. About 4 to 5 billion are already online. So there's not even half or just over roughly half of the people who are on the Internet. There's another half that people like Elon Musk with Starlink and some of these other people are trying to get Internet service. Even Kimberly mentioned Internet service not being great on Destin Beach or some of the beaches in Florida. It's true, right? So over the next few years, there's going to be more people coming online. There's going to be more tools like artificial intelligence to help you with creativity, to help make this process more simple, more um, accessible. And the barrier of entry to do this is getting lower and lower. This is the only sport. It's the only game in town to where the playing field is level. Everybody's got to walk through the same door. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't matter what your connections are. You don't get, you know, get into the university because of anything except, in this case, your success comes from your own efforts, from your own willingness to suffer a little bit at the beginning and actually have the discipline to learn the skills and then have the courage to start putting yourself out there and taking some risk. And I promise you, it might be the scariest thing you've ever done. Probably not. Most of you have been through some crazy stuff, but it might be scary. But guess what? It'll be worth it. That's what you need to remember. Don't focus on the fear. Don't focus on the risk. Focus on the reward. Now, don't ignore the risk. Be logical. Be smart. Consult with whoever you need to. But remember, like Kimberly pointed out, that oftentimes people are projecting their own limiting beliefs on us and that we need to learn to make our own decisions and take our own destiny in our own hands. Only you control that. And as many of us found out in the pandemic, nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's coming to save you. It's up to you. And we're here to support you every step of the way. All right. So we'll be back here tomorrow for another episode, just like we are Monday through Friday live. And we'll see you there. Be legendary, my friends. Peace.